The piece I'm about to play is called Pagodas by Debussy.
There's no pencil sharpener in here. Oh, yes, the music ended, sorry. This is Courtney, your dad here at WFMU this week. That was Hannah Brooks and uh, Boogie Celeste. Before that, opened up the program with uh, the classy music there, Percy Granger, uh, doing Pagoras, uh, adapted from uh, a work by WC. So, last week, if you were listening to the program, I wasn't here. The program was hosted by Gus Bodenheim. Well, uh, we hear that he did a fairly undistinguished job. Undistinguished, that's a, for Gus, that's what they call on brand, the Bodenheim brand. There's, there's a word for people like Gus when they provide temporary short-term services as a substitute. That word is placeholder. He's basically a guy sitting in a chair until the real guy comes back. And I'm back. Frisky as ever. Now, you probably wondered where I was. You've probably been wondering all week, where was Courtney last week? Well, I was off delivering the keynote speech at the annual convention of the committee to declare surface noise, the national anthem. This is the, the, the 10th annual meeting of the, the CDSNNA. Yeah, the, the CDSNNA. Sorry, it's got CD in there. That's wrong. Anyway, it's still not a done deal. Now, we were optimistic last year when the guy who was elected president of the U.S., we learned that, that he's older than anyone on the committee. Much older. He's older than me, in fact. But the problem is that the new president's hearing is so bad that he can't appreciate the sublime frequencies that constitute the 78 RPM surface noise spectrum. So... We're taking up a collection, we on the committee, a collection to buy the president an ear trumpet. Eh, these used to be very popular for the hard of hearing. And they should bring them back. For some of us, they, they never went out of style. Now look, I also want to point out that there's a comments forum on the internet for this show. Lola Bell Pancake, she's my assistant, uh, she's the comments forum moderator. I don't have anything to do that don't, don't look at the internet. Anyway, Gus told me that he wanted to participate in the commenting activity during the program last week. But he could not because he was too busy programming the music and trying to think of clever things to say during the mic breaks between the sets of music. Gus said later that he, he read the comments on the forum the, the following morning. He said that the favorable comments, the ones that were said good things about him, they said they made him blush. And then he shrugged and he said that the facial redness could just be a side effect of the new high-dose tablets he recently started taking for uh, uh, erectile dysfunction or something. Anyway, we also got a lot of letters in the mail. They, you know, the kind of letters in an envelope with stamp on it. We got a lot of mail, a lot of letters for Gus after last week's hosting of the program. Well, uh, we opened them just in case any contained checks or paper currency. We, we didn't read any. We didn't read it. That, that would be unethical. Anyway, we, we stuffed all these letters in a mail pouch, and we sent them on to Gus. Now, Gus asked if we would allow him a little bit of airtime to respond to some of these thoughtful missives that he received from the listeners. So I said, sure. So anyway, this is a, this is a recording of Gus answering some of your kind letters. Hello, this is Gus Bodenheim, fresh from my triumphant turn as guest host of the Codgers program. While this is being pre-recorded, and I've yet to hear Courtney's own reaction to my effort, I'm confident that he'll lavish me with the kind of praise modesty forbids me from calling richly deserved. But I have heard from you, the listener, and let me tell you, my old mail sack is bulging. As stamps cost money, I've elected to answer some of your letters right here. First, with regard to several queries pertaining to Del Barton's Barnyard Beast and Pet Products Division, yes, we are announcing a recall of our product 114J7, the Del Barton Dog Whistle. We trust that users complaining they can clearly hear the whistle will eventually receive the mute attachment, pending supply chain disruptions beyond our control and clearly your fault. 
But we are still contending with complaints that the whistle is being misunderstood by some furry companions. We're working on this problem and hope to achieve greater canine clarity. But be advised that certain breeds, such as the French Bulldog and the Boston variant, are simply too stupid to understand even the most basic innuendo. And we invite you to swap them out for a real dog, or simply return your product for a reasonably complete refund, minus charges. Now on to a more personal message I've received from listener Monique. Without spelling it out, let me just say, no, I never have done that, but <laughs> yes, it is something I'd consider. And I do thank you and look forward to further discussion. <laughs> Finally, one Noam Hopkins asks about my role in the ongoing diversity overhaul at Del Barton Industries. As has been widely reported, the company has submitted to a thorough intersectionality inspection initiative, or introspectionative, to use the argot, and the company has been found wanting. But as they busily revise corporate racism guidelines, it must be noted that I am an independent contractor responsible for only my own racism. With this in mind, I have secured at my own tax-deductible expense an unconscious bias consultant to look under the hood, so to speak. They, them, have, has been at this problem hammer and tongs, and let me tell you what we've discovered so far is egregious. I am apparently riddled with prejudices so arcane and weirdly specific that I can scarcely believe they've escaped my notice thus far. Boy, is my face red. Evidently, my head is teeming with ugly tropes, dangerous misinformation, and bald-faced malaprops of extrusionary viscosity. The good news is we're reviewing a whole range of options to mitigate these issues. I hope this little sit-down has satisfied some of your curiosity. Keep those cards and letters coming. Thank you.
Already? Yeah, man. Boom, 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 boom. Get up, get up, get up, get up, Oh, 
That's where he first met her, sweet Molly Malone. She wheeled a wheelbarrow through streets wide and narrow, crying cockles and mussels, alive, alive, oh. She was a fishmonger, and sure, it's no wonder, for her father and mother were fishmongers too. They wheeled a wheelbarrow through streets wide and narrow, crying cockles and mussels, alive, alive, oh. He asked her to marry, she said it would be grand, but to leave her dear Dublin, she'd not give her hand. So they both wheel a barrow through streets wide and narrow, crying cockles and mussels, alive. This is a story very old of a girl who was his all alone. She was the one he would not forget, and her name was Sweet Molly, Sweet Molly Malone. He asked her to marry, she said would be grand, but to leave her dear Dublin, she'd not give her hand, so they both wheel a barrow through streets wide and narrow, crying That was uh, um, uh, Maxine Sullivan. Yes, it's Maxine Sullivan. Yes, yes, of course. Doing Molly Malone here on the old country show. Now, uh, before that was the Mears Brothers doing an acapella, uh, the harmony version of the Bugle Call Rag. Sammy Price gave us Just Jiving Around. I'm reading the playlist backwards, okay, for those of you a little disoriented in the sequence that I'm reading this. Uh, Blind Willie Dunn. And Lonnie Johnson, Eddie Lang was in there. Deep minor rhythm. Uh, Gus Bodenheim with the mailbag at the top of the set there on the old Codger show here at WFMU here every every Tuesday from 7 to 8 o'clock p.m. Now, last week, again, Gus Bodenheim was the host. Yes, a lot of you are disappointed that he's not here this week. That's me. Anyway, Lola Bear disclosed to me that last week, when Gus Bodenheim was serving as the, the, the placeholder programmer. She said it, Gus. <laughs> Gus. Oh, that Gus. He played a recording by Annette Hanshaw. That's right. Gus breached the long-running, seemingly impenetrable Hanshaw barrier on this program. Ordinarily, that would be a firing offense. But since we need Gus's... Uh, Proven abilities, as a commercial announcer, we're going to extend leniency for this infraction. Now, I also hear that Gus went on and on and on last week about his so-called rage blackouts. He, he, he says he commits these vengeful acts, these hateful acts, and then he claims he doesn't remember what he did because of these rage blackouts. Well, when it comes to Gus and his often vile behavior, I have empathy blackouts. Now, also, Lola, but also reported to me, you know, she's, she's tasked with uh, making sure everything goes right during the program when I'm not here. Lola, but reported that Gus, while he was hosting the program, he became increasingly plushed to the scuppers, that he was audibly imbibing while the microphone was live. Well, it appears I'm... Setting an excellent example for Gus. This is the sort of professionalism we encourage here at the Old Codger Radio Show. More WFMU disc jockeys should consider our approach, meaning they should broadcast drunk. It couldn't hurt. 
You know, we we once left a bottle of Sly Weasel bourbon that was still about one quarter full. We left it here in the main studio after our program. <laughs> we took a pencil and we marked the level of the remaining contents of the bottle. We, we were testing the staff. Well, we returned to the studio the following week, and the bottle was right where we left it. And the contents were still at the same level. This means one of two things. Either the staff here at WFMU, they refused to ingest adult beverages during their shows, or they, they bring their own. Or it could mean they don't appreciate the top-shelf stuff. Hippies tend to like uh, cheap booze, the kind they could guzzle. Sly weasel bourbon would be wasted on these arrested adolescents. By the way, Sly Weasel Bourbon is a proud sponsor of the Old Codger Radio program. Well, let's get back to the music. to catch her eye she seemed to sigh hey what his story well there must be a better way to pass the time besides singing such a silly song it don't make any sense got no reason or right but i keep singing it the whole day long rip take a tip 
from a guide as hip to women, fame and glory. Like when you're in demand, she wants to hold your hand. But when you beat it, what's his story?
That was uh, the lovely dulcet tones of Vaughan DeLeith here on your casual radio show on WFMU. The song was called Looking at the World Through Rose-Colored Glasses. Before that was Harry the Hipster Gibson uh, doing a song called What's His Story? And Cyril Scott on the piano with Rainbow Trout. Now, I have some possible news. I say possible because we're not sure yet. We haven't confirmed it. But we are expecting Edna St. Vincent Bodenheim to regale us with her poetry on an upcoming program. Perhaps. She last week, her cousin, Elizabeth Barrett Bodenheim, as we, we call her EBB, she's acting as a go-between, EBB reached out to Lodebell, Lodebell Pancake, my assistant, and asked on Edna St. Vincent Bodenheim's behalf. She said, Edna would like to help elevate the literary standards of the old Codger radio show with readings of her original poetry. Now, generally, we would be very receptive to such a gracious offer. We love poetry. Some of it, anyway. And, and, and Edna did not ask to be paid. Even better. However, we learned that Edna St. Vincent Bodenheim was born in Australia, and she still lives in Australia. Well, like, like most of you listeners, I, I don't speak Australian, so I'm not sure I'd understand a word of her poetry. I told Lodebell to pass my concerns along to uh, EBB, and we are awaiting EBB's response on behalf of her sister. When it is received, well, you won't be the first to know, but, but you won't be the last. Maybe uh, the 15th or the 20th. Does it make any difference? Take a number and get in, get in line. We'll call you when it's your turn. Now, now, I, this is like a complete break from what I was just talking about. No more Bodenheims. Well, maybe a few. But anyway, it's time for us to broadcast the soundtrack this week. Soundtrack of a major motion picture. I know you look forward to this, so many of you. We have the soundtrack this week of the major motion picture starring uh, the great Jewish actress, Betty Boop. Uh, this is called Baby Be Good. It's from 1935. Now this one, I just want to warn you, this one is pretty scary if you are a young serial miscreant. It's all about punishment and retribution and uh, terrorism. So if you're inclined to misbehave, you need to pay attention to the soundtrack of this major motion picture. Now, uh, there's guest appearances, uh, cameos, bit parts, uh, people uh, walking into the frame of the camera from uh, this major motion picture. Uh, Chichi Cabron, then there's, there's a couple of, I said there'd be no Bodenheims. There's a few Bodenheims in this major motion picture. There are a couple of marginal members of the Bodenheim brood who aspired, these, these two, they aspired to become failed actors, and they succeeded. There was uh, Alexander Graham Bodenheim, and then there was Lee Harvey Bodenheim. Then also in this uh, major motion picture, Derek Bullimore. Then Dr. Raul, 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 Mengele. Then there's a someone by the name of Anxiety Spellman. Then there, this is a strange name, but it's true. It was Hoagie, Hoagie Carmichael, Carmichael. The, the name and the nickname were the same. Just don't leave out the quote marks around Hoagie Carmichael in the middle. Now, this is not the famous songwriter or singer. It's the same name, but it's a different guy. It's Hoagie, Hoagie Carmichael, Carmichael. Then there was a Shecky Neon Beef, he was a gardener for Kip and Cat Mousley. They got him a bit part in this major motion picture. And finally, there's uh, Mickey Rooney. He's playing the part of some swamp gas. So here's the soundtrack of the major motion picture from 1935. It's called Baby Be Good.
to sleep.
well as I that there are times when life's ordinary vexations become extraordinarily oppressive. At such times, how do you cope? Narcotics? Violence? Well, sure, but there are times when even these methods fail to deliver. That's when I head out to my Pouton shanty. Isn't it time you got yourself a Sears-built mail-order Pouton shanty of your very own? Why, here's a place where a man can put aside all earthly ills and irritants, breathe deep the musty calm, and get plushed to the scuppers. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? 
Of course it does. Within six to eight days of our receiving your order, a railroad handcar will pump its way to your nearest crossing and deliver your own easy-to-erect <laughs> Pouton Shanty. It's all included. Brass spittoon. <laughs> Picturesquely dented and slick with char. Pre-filled ashtrays. A poignantly superfluous workbench. Capacious shelves, perfect for standard-sized liquor bottles. An authentic Batista Silex cigar humidor. Vintage ratty easy chair with bonus pocket change and surprise candy down in the cushion. A codger soldered AM-FM tube radio. And lest you grow too complacent, one bare overhead bulb frazzing and zizzing its nerve-wracking accompaniment to your morbid brooding, but in a fun way. While your Sears Pouton Shanty comes with no plumbing, old codger listeners who can prove it, and don't ask me how, will receive at no extra charge a rustic outhouse with all the trimmings, crescent moon window vent, a wide berth sure shot business aperture, and your choice of corn cobs or nostalgic wish book. Picture yourself a world away from the women folk, puffing a redolent rancho malaria. Nursing your bourbon along with your petty grievances and stroking your cat. Oh, did I neglect to mention? Your Pouton Shanty comes complete with a genuine Sears cat, preassembled with more or less all necessary inoculations, give or take. And whether you choose the rugged Quonsetta model, the antebellum invoking Tara Rabundier, or the timeless splendor of the Tut Hut model, your Sears Pouton Shanty is a steal at $957 assembled. The Sears Pouton Shanty. When you can't step up to the good life, let us at least help you step out to sweet misanthropic solitude.
that was the last recording of the program. It was uh, George Gershwin and uh, Maybe. It was called Maybe. George Gershwin composed it and was playing piano. Uh, we heard a, a, a commercial for the Sears Patton Shanty. Uh, Big Spider Beck and his gang gave us goose pimples and uh, the great Jewish actress, Betty Boop, uh, with the soundtrack of the major motion picture, Baby Be Good. Now, this is WFMU. There's supposedly some hellraiser going on this month or something to try to raise money to support the station. Look, let me just tell you something. You send a check to me. Make it out to Courtney T. Edison and just mail it to me. Okay, just put Courtney T. Edison, East Orange, New Jersey. The, the postman knows me. It'll get to me, okay? And I'll take care of your money. Don't worry, I'll put it to very good use. I'm going to go home right now to my uh, bunker in East Orange. I might go home and retire to my scowling parlor for a smoke and a nightcap. Uh, this, uh, this is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in uh, New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM and online at WFMU.org.
deep down. 